Hey, show them what your name is. Do you have a man who you came with? We doing the best we can. And we got a special guest in the building. Incomparable. Listen. The man, the man, the legend. Listen. We have a special guest in the building. But you know what, though? To be honest with you, as much as I would love to introduce this person, I think it's only right that the person who's known this brother the longest oh, man. introduce this, this brother, this illustrious, maestro, magnificent. We're already doing something. We're already doing it's, it's only <laughs> right. We're already doing it. Dr. Amber K. We're already doing it. Amber Camilla, I give you the floor. We're already doing You have already started the introduction. Thank you. That's what there are not enough <laughs> words to describe. Jared is a person who means so many things to so many people. Facts. And All right. he has a mind that is as intricate as a labyrinth, words that are also as intricate, intricate, delicate, powerful, stern, all of the different things that they need to be whenever they need to be it. He is let's talk about the word maestro he is a maestro he is a musical genius creative genius okay um you cannot fathom the number of notes that he has written on sheep music since he was born you can't fathom it's over a million mm. it's over a million notes over a billion <laughs> you know how many notes have been sung how many how many how many, let's talk about it. Let's say, how many notes <laughs> what was that? What do you want? Have sung his notes. How many seconds? How many seconds of music has Jared produced? You don't know. We don't, you don't know. But let me tell you something. This man is, is above all things a visionary. He is a visionary. He brings things. He, out of his soul, out of his mind, and brings him to life and changes, literally changes people's lives in the process of manifesting his vision. And I'm excited that he is here to talk with us because he also has a heart for the people, not just any people. He does love all people. We all know that about Jared, but Jared also has a particular love for his own people, people of the diaspora, of the African diaspora. And so we're happy to have him on this special edition Kwanzaa episode in the year 2020. Yeah has touched so many people's lives. I know he has particularly been touched by 2020 and seeing all oh, of the sides of it. He is a teacher himself. So he experienced it being a teacher. He's a, he, he's a friend. He's just, a, he, he knows a lot of people. And so I just think that this is a great person to be ending 2020 with us on the Street Academy podcast. He definitely has one foot in the academy, literally and one foot in the streets. Been there, done that. Welcome, bring it to the stage. Holy Spirit, the mm-hmm. Most High, the ancestors yeah, told me, have Amber do that intro. That was it. Too much. That was beautiful. I'm, I'm, beautiful. I'm, I'm humbled. I am humbled. I am honored to be here. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but for real, man, uh, I was just having a conversation with John Paul Grant. I won't even go to all of it, but 
just to just to be sitting virtually in the room with such like great minds, man. Like I I am I am grateful to be seated here. I'm grateful. Um, yo, uh, just to, just real quick, if you all are like even checking out Facebook or checking out Instagram, I'm sharing uh, just just for the celebration of the day and just for uh, celebration, of my folks. I'm celebrating Black music magic and not. Woo! Not just, um, you know, like the people as the superstars, you see them every day. Oh, that's, that's cool, it's whatever. These are, these are like my people, like these are, these, are, these are my folks. So like, check out my Facebook page, check out my Instagram, um, Uncle Rosie underscore 87. Go check it out um, all day. I've been posting, just been putting up, like I said, um, you know, people was like, we gonna get the superpowers on the 21st. Listen. And I was like, yo, we ain't never needed them because we already had superpowers. Hey. So go check check it out. Like I said, my people, they, 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 they're, they are superheroes in my book. So go check it out. Um, I just put another one up. Um, so it's, it's gonna be all day. I'm just posting um, just to celebrate, you know, just the magic that is black music and black mm -hmm. people in music. So check it out. You get a chance. I love it. And thank you all for having me. Man, I'm humbled, grateful, honored, honored to be here. Exciting, <laughs> man. That's dope. I yeah. like, and I, I think yeah. that exemplifies that one foot in the academy and one foot in the streets mm -hmm. uh, right there. Um, so real quick, want to make sure we do our intro uh, and then get right into it because uh, we got a couple things we got to get done. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. welcome back, y'all. Street Academy podcast, where we keep one foot in the academy and one foot in the streets. Uh, we already did uh, an amazing intro. Amber did and uh, just one of those sway in the morning type intro <laughs> for this incredible guest we have here, uh, Jared, um, and just everything that he has done and is doing. Uh, his resume is is incredible. You could Google him and you could see everything that, 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 that he has done and has been doing. But today, and we was actually talking about this before, um, we'll probably bring him back on when we're actually doing something around music. If you know anything about Jerry, he's a music maestro, music mm. master, music genius. Um, but we felt that it would kind of be dope to kind of have him on in something that doesn't necessarily center music. You know what I'm saying? Um, there's so many different sides to all of us. And one thing about Jerry, if you know him as well as we all do, is that just like Amber said, he is a lover of his people and, uh, and, and has an appreciation for culture, black culture and things like Kwanzaa, which is you know something that is important to us as African-Americans specifically. And so we thought it'd be dope to have him on, to talk about this holiday, ask, talk about you know things that 2020 has brought to us and then also talk about ways in which we want to apply these principles to the next year, 2021. Um, talk about serious stuff and then also act the fool because y'all know we, we righteous and ratchet over here. <laughs> so we just gonna have a good time with this episode. So yeah, y'all ready? Let go. Deserve. All right, so the first thing we're gonna do is talk about Kwanzaa, right? And what Kwanzaa is. Um, and so anybody want to kind of just chime in and talk about what you know about Kwanzaa and how you celebrate Kwanzaa? Cricket. Cricket. 
<laughs> I'm gonna edit this part. I'm gonna slow that part down. We just gonna go right into it. I mean, this this probably goes to like your your next question of like how we first came to understand Kwanzaa. Um, I first like came to like a real understanding of Kwanzaa when I was in college. Shout out to HBCUs. Um, and I feel like for me, it represents a time when, when we're all like already in a celebratory mood, you know, it's the holidays, it's Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's, like all the holidays are, are in there, we're celebrating. But it's a time to really be celebratory about black culture. Um, and not just like black culture in terms of like the way that we talk and dress and move through the world, but how we can collectively think about where we're going as a people and how to get there and how to help each other get there. It's a time to celebrate family. Of course, like the foundation of the black community is the black family. Um, so it's just like a time to like celebrate all that stuff, be with family, be with friends, um, and just like really think about what black community means. It really, in really specific ways. I know we're gonna get to the principles soon, mm. but I think that's what it means to me. For sure, yeah. Um, so like for me, like if I could be honest, um, like growing up, my, my parents were, uh, they were pretty, uh, conscious about, you know, exposing us to all that is our culture. Um, but interestingly enough, um, like growing up, we didn't really go into really in depth as far as like celebrating Kwanzaa. Mm. Um, I really did not grow to have an appreciation uh, for Kwanzaa. I would say when I uh, went to an HBCU, sure um but it it really wasn't until i went to a predominantly white mm. institution and found out how much we were not celebrated mm. um mm. and so for me it, it was that point for me where it was like you know because i've been um i hadn't got, I hadn't gone to you know like any any you know PWIs or PW, I don't know if they call them PWHs, mm. I know, but, oh, but like, I've just, high school for me was all black, college for me was all black. So I'd only had that experience mm. and I was used to us celebrating us. I mean, it's us, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and so, like I said, until I went to uh, a PWI for, uh, for my graduate studies and just kind of realized um, how much we are not celebrated because there's a difference between like celebrating versus exploiting or you know mm. like you know we love listening to hip we love the rap right, all that right. kind of stuff um it wasn't until then that i was like yo the appreciation for us as a people for us as a culture is something is serious mm. right so for me and that that was um i don't know that was maybe like like eight years ago, like six or six, like six or eight years ago, that I really started to get an appreciation for something set aside to celebrate the unity, to celebrate the community, to celebrate um, the self-determined, like to just to just celebrate all aspects oh, of us right. as a people. So for me, like I said, it didn't that didn't happen until like much later on in life. I always knew about it, respected the idea of it. But like that, that full appreciation didn't come until I saw like, man, 
you know, like it is imperative that we celebrate us mm. and we pull us together and we, you know, really take that time to sit down and just kind of pour into us. Mm. Mm. For me, I, I have a similar, a similar experience too. So I, I, let me think about how, oh, ouch. Oh, by the way, like I might, I might, you, you all might see me like hitting my nose every now and again because I got a nose ring for my birthday. And, <laughs> and so, and ratchet. Hey, hey. first and of all, ratchet. when was your birthday? And she ratchet. Hey. Uh, yesterday. <laughs> Why didn't nobody know it? Birthday, Amber. I knew it. <laughs> Amber, happy birthday. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes, I'm serious. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I, I so that has people. a bit of peace. That has a bit to do with like my understanding of Kwanzaa too. So mm -hmm. I have a birthday that is during this holiday season, right? And ever since I was younger, um, and I only learned Kwanzaa at school when I was going to a public black school, mm -hmm. and I went to a public black school, a predominantly black school in a black in a very black area um, from kindergarten through third grade, mm -hmm. and I remember very specific, and I this was like it was near Greenbrier, so that's like a very black neighborhood. Been a black neighborhood for a long time. So very black. Very black. So that's when we learned Kwanzaa. Um, that's when I first learned Kwanzaa, and I can remember learning that. And I remember we would get to the twenty seventh, which was my birthday, and it would be Kujakalia. And so for me, it's just like, it's just like, I didn't remember anything else about it. <laughs> Interestingly enough, though, once I moved to a black Christian school, every, every, everything about Kwanzaa completely disappeared. Mm. And that's coming because I think once we, once we, if we really want to talk about like that tension between um, um, identities, so that black, the Christian identity and the black identity, you know, that's always been a thing. Yeah. Um, and the way that different, I, I would say, you know, of course, growing up at Adventist, Adventists were not known to really embrace their black identity as much or to talk about blackness. And if they were, it would always have to be um, um, subordinate to the Christian identity. And so mm -hmm. I think going to Adventist Academy, we did, I, we, like, there was no ever mention of Kwanzaa ever. There was, there wasn't that. And we had a Eurocentric curriculum. And so also because it was Christian focused, the holiday season, you know, it, it, it's, it's just like, there's the message to, that the holiday season gets co-opted by other things. Right. And so it's just like, it shouldn't be about materialism. It shouldn't be about this. And in one way, I actually think that it ended up also pushing down the emphasis on blackness, which is, is what you experienced in Kwanzaa. And so it's just like you have the message of Jesus is the reason for the season. If Jesus is the reason for the season, then being black and celebrating black unity probably isn't. And so I think that mm. there's something happening, that something was happening there in terms of like what was emphasized and what wasn't. And so all of my like rearing, I would say, I did not get that kind of emphasis on Kwanzaa at all. Even though I would say my dad was kind of a blacky black person. Um, my mm -hmm. mom wasn't necessarily in that way. And so we didn't get that in the house at all. And then, you know, and so it, the holiday season for me with my birthday being here too, is always a festive time. Yet being Christian, it was just more so focused on the holiday being Christmas and then also focusing on Jesus and not all of the other things that might come with the holiday season. And so I actually feel like the way that I've experienced it 
it Kwanzaa is almost looked at I, as, as I've heard different black people talk about it throughout my whole life, almost as one of those like holidays for those like super Afrocentric type blacks, or it's mm-hmm. though it's for what might be considered. I know we've talked about the term the hotep type blacks, you know. And I remember even an episode of Living Single where Kyle, who was a very proudly African man, he was celebrating Kwanzaa and doing like handmade gifts, and everybody else was kind of like okay it was kind of <laughs> even though I'm, i appreciate the living single actually put that storyline in there it definitely wasn't the main thing because <clears throat> mainstream is is christmas and so i think that you know when we talk about kwanzaa and talk about how black people celebrate kwanzaa we can't separate how black people well we can't separate the tension between the christian identity and the black identity mm. as a part of how black people in america actually have come to celebrate it have come to know about it because i definitely feel like there's tension there and that's part of the reason why even now today it's like i had all intention to this time in 2020 of all years to like celebrate and not nope it didn't happen again and so you know i hope that i can you know be more focused on it next year or at least come up with something that i would i feel is true to me so yeah wow i mean i think with 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 kwanzaa i really actually started i I knew about kwanzaa i had heard of kwanzaa growing up um but um had not really celebrated it actually until i moved to um moved to atlanta um, I went to two HBCUs and I still didn't really know a whole lot about it. Um, but then I actually started working at a predominantly black uh, school, uh, elementary and middle school called MLTEP Academy. And it was, th- it was there that they embraced Kwanzaa. Partly, well, partly because it was a school that focused on uh, teaching students African principles. Um, but also because they had uh, students and people that had a Christian background, Muslim background, Jewish background, um, uh, people who did not subscribe to the Judeo-Christian traditions at all, but more so subscribe to African traditions, culturally African traditions, um, and African, you know, spiritual beliefs. And so in order to not alienate any of the students, they said, well, the one thing we all have in common is that we Black. So we can celebrate Kwanzaa. And then if you want to celebrate Christmas, if you want to celebrate Hanukkah, if you want to celebrate something else, you can do that, you know, um, you know, personally. And so, um, and then they, and they would, but they would make a big deal about it. They would have a whole uh, Kwanzaa celebration. All the people in the community would come. It would be, um, you know, the parents, families um, of the children, um, you know, they would have local city leaders and community leaders everybody would come out to these Kwanzaa events that these students would do. And the first time I saw it, I was just like, oh, this is, this is big. And it was really nice. And it was, I mean, it was black excellence, like to the fullest, you know? And I just remember seeing that and saying, I have to implement this in my own life. Um, not to, not to mention that they, uh, the, 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 uh, the students, they, um, recited the principles every day as part of their devotion. So they recited the principles, they recited certain affirmations um, every day. So these students knew Kwanzaa. And so because I was their teacher, I had to know all of these principles. This was kind of inculcated into me. And so ever since 2010, I've been, I've been celebrating it. 
Um, and yeah, it's, it's actually been amazing. So what I wanted to do was start off by, number one, talking a little bit about uh, Kwanzaa and what is here before we actually go into the principle for today. And so uh, with Kwanzaa, typically it is made up of first this, which is called the Kanara. This is the candle holder. And you have your set, your seven candles. All of these, if you live in Atlanta, you can get this in the West End for real. <laughs> you can order it on Amazon. You can go to any Afrocentric bookstore in your area. Uh, and typically they might have a Kwanzaa set or you can order a Kwanzaa set online. Um, but this is the Kanawa. You have your uh, your candles, which are called, uh, what are the candles called? I always forget what the candles are called. Oh, the, um, the Mashuma Saba. So that's what the candles are called. And they're red, black, and green for the Pan-African colors, which were uh, which come from the Pan-African flag brought to us by uh, uh, the Honorable Marcus Garvey. And then you have what's called the Nkeka, which is your rug. And on the rug is where you have your um, your corn, which is called the Mazao, um, um, which is what the corn is called. And typically what some people would have on their uh, Kwanzaa table, they would have corn, they might have grapes, and generally it's fresh fruits and vegetables. These are like, three years old, so <laughs> my corn is not fresh. Simlug <laughs> is not fresh. You don't want to eat this. This is just for display purposes. <laughs> so you have this. You also have the unity cup, which symbolizes the unity of Black people. And then on the Kwanzaa table, we also um, uh, uh, place various things that are important to our culture. So you might put um, books. So right here I have um, some books that are significant to me, The Autobiography of Malcolm X, Why We Can't Wait by Martin Luther King Jr., Cast Class and Race by Oliver Cox, and Nelson Mandela, um, The Man in the Movement. Um, I also have uh, DVDs that center around Black culture, so Hidden Colors um, is one. I also have a Family Reunion DVD here. And so you can usually put anything you want, music, art, anything on your Kwanzaa table that represents black culture. And every day, starting on the day after Christmas, December 26th, we start by lighting a candle. And when we light that candle, we also talk about that principle that is associated with that candle. And so the first candle that we typically light is the black candle in the middle, which is um, the Umoja candle. And that symbolizes unity. Some people go to the right. I mean, some people go to the red, like those candles first and then go to the green. I usually do, and then some people do the green and then go to the, um, some people start with the green and then go to the red. You can do it either way you want to really. I've seen evidence that says you can do it either way. So I usually go from black and then I'll go to the red. So the second day is Kuji Chakalia, which was, uh, I think that was yesterday which was self-determination. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the third day, which is today, is Ujima, which is collective work and responsibility. And so what I would like for us to do is talk a little bit about that principle of Ujima, collective work and responsibility, and what that means to you. I want to go ahead and say what Ujima means or kind of the... Um, the uh, the description on the Kwanzaa website, 
Ujima, uh, let's see, where is it? The collective work. Um, sorry, I should have had this ready. Um, to build and maintain our community together and to make our brothers and sisters problems, our problems and solve them together. So that is the definition of Ujima collect, or that's the description of Ujima collective work and responsibility. So taking that into account, what does that principle mean to you? Can you read that again? So Ujima collective work and responsibility, um, uh, it is described on the website, the Nguza Saba website, which is the seven principles that's called the Nguza Saba. Um, to build and maintain our community together and to make our brothers and sisters problems, our problems, and to solve them together. I feel like that has taken on um, special meaning for me this year in a pandemic, in an election year, um, because I think I've just been inundated and this is not like specific to black people it's specific to American culture of how individualistic we are here um, you know people largely white people have gone like massless and just have not shown any sort of like responsibility to ridding us of the pandemic um, and so that has um, directly impacted a lot of black families you know um, and I think that for me, taking on that responsibility of um, thinking about the consequences of my actions, um, my family, those around me, um, on other Black folks who I may, like, I may not know um, personally, but just thinking about how my personal actions can impact, um, can impact others. Um, I think, you know, even thinking about today, like this, this was pure happenstance, like I didn't plan this, but I went and did my early voting today and I was outside for several hours. Um, it was colder than I, than I thought. Um, and so I didn't have like my coat on or anything, but like I stood in line and y'all know that I have not been a big fan of like the voting process, the candidates, like all that stuff for this year. Um, but I thought of it more as being like a duty to my people who are like coalescing around this option largely. Of course, there are lots of folks who are like, nah, like this, this, this process isn't for us. But, you know, I've, I've really been thinking um, about that principle, Ujima, because how I decide to move individually has an impact on the larger community, whether I like it or not, whether I admit it or not. Um, and so specifically in this year, where it has been a pandemic and has been an election year, I think I've felt that a lot this year of having to decide on things that I wouldn't normally do, but that serve the greater good and specifically, specifically black folks, because you know, if it were not black folks, I would probably make some different decisions. Mm -hmm. That reminded me of two of, of one thing. So in the way I see it, two principles in two ways. 
specific to 2020 one like what you were saying jackie like the the power of one individual and in recognizing your impact on the collective so when it comes to the coronavirus and not masking it's just like how like while it you may be exercising the individual freedom how does your individual freedom actually impact somebody else right um, and how that individual freedom that you're exercising can literally bring someone to a fatal end um, or bring someone who, you know, was, is an extended part of that community. Like it is that serious. It's like we can see the lines of that, whether it was someone going to a family gathering and infecting their family and then the older person of the family dies because of that. That is just like, I feel like if there ever was a year where we could see the impact of like your individual actions upon your community, um, it was this year with uh, the spread of the virus. The second thing that I think about in, in terms of like, I'm, I'm looking at the definition to, to build and maintain our community together and make our community's problems our problems and to solve them together. I feel like an important part of that definition is the word community. Um, I think sometimes we kind of externalize community to think like, oh, it's all those people out there. There's a, it's a bunch of people I don't necessarily know. It's like, it's the black community. Like you can't necessarily name all those faces or, um, or you can't, you, it's just like, it seems like it's almost this kind of innumerable kind of blob of people. It's just like the black community. And so for me, as I think about community in this sense, I think about like people I actually know and my personal relationships and how this year has been a strain on us individually. And therefore, since it's a strain on us individually, it will necessarily be a strain on relationships mm -hmm. all, all across the board. <clears throat> yeah. so how we were able to still connect with each other and still be supportive to each other in this period. So when it comes to like, I'm making my community's problems, my problems. So if my friend is, you know, suffering with um, anxiety, which the majority of my friends were this year <laughs> or some type of depression or just worry or stress. It's just like, how can your anxiety be my, how can we share it and at least minimize it for the both of us? How can I like, how can my anxiety that I talk about, like, can I discuss things and share it with you so that then we, we really can be better off together it, because it's so much harder by ourselves when we're just like there worrying. It, it was a lot to worry about this year. It was a lot of stress this year. And so when I think about like collective work, a part of that collective work is e the emotional work. It's not just the political work, which I think a lot of times when we in this space, it kind of seems like, oh, it's a political thing or it's like social activism. The work is also the relationship work, like healing, um, past traumas. And sometimes you do that through communication with loved ones, with friends or healing just different things that are happening in your life in that moment, different self-concepts, like uh, just the, just it's so many things that we need healing from, but it's just like, that's a part of the work and that's something that we can also do together. So when I think about this, like that collective work, that collective community building, sharing of problems, I really, really lean heavily on that emotional piece and being supportive of, of one another as friends. Like mm -hmm. I cannot, I don't, like we cannot underestimate the value of friendship, especially after 2020, mm -hmm. I feel. And that's yes. what I see when I see this one. Yeah. Yeah, um, Amber, you said something that's really crucial. And I think um, it's it's kind of been on my mind, but especially like during 2020 is like not underestimating someone's contribution to the building of community. Because yeah. a lot of times we really overemphasize politics 
mm -hmm. um, or political power, or we really, not to say that it's not important, um, or we really place emphasize on the whole money is power, which it is, mm -hmm. capital is power, but it's like, if you don't have one of these two things, if you don't have political power, if you don't have capital power, then your contribution is insignificant. It's almost, it almost, it, the way we put it on almost makes it feel like it's like it's insignificant, mm -hmm. but it's like, no, like my contribution to the community, like my music, mm -hmm. my, uh, my care, as far as people's health goes, mm -hmm. um, like some, some, something as simple as, um, I remember like there was a story like uh, Mahalia Jackson used to talk about how like before she did and even when she was like doing um, like she was singing on all the world stages she was saying that there were times where she would just cook food and just tell the people in the neighborhood I got food at my house mm -hmm. like you see me here on stage but it's important that there are some people that don't have food in their bellies mm -hmm. they don't care about they don't care about me singing on the stage they can't eat right now mm -hmm. so my this contribution to the community is just as important as my breaking barriers and all this stuff you know like people applauding her that's great she's like I'm, I'm having meals for these people off the street because that's an important contribution um and so i think a really big part of it is for us to value every contribution right mm -hmm. we need we need political power we need capital mm -hmm. we we need but we also need artistry yeah. we need emotional health yeah. we right. like the, all of that stuff fits into us uh uplifting and constructing our community um so i that 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 resonates with me when you were saying like um you know like not like yes okay we got all this other stuff but they're like everything all of it helps unless it's unless it's breaking us down it helps bring it bring it to the table come on mm -hmm. what you like to bang spoons on the table and it clears up people's mental space well come yeah. on bang them doggone spoons and right. so i just i feel like if we as a as as people thought to really take in everything that can help us or build us as a people like that's that's important like that that that's just something that's always like been you know like rather important especially like being an artist and stuff mm -hmm. like that um where your gifts can be taken more significant or like insignificant in certain uh in, in certain walks of life so right um and then even to go off that sometimes even within the church or sometimes even within sometimes even you know in some spaces of the black community the the arts can be exploited and underappreciated and oh well this is you you know go ahead and do it and it's like no this is this is important and 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 we should value it just because it's something that comes easily to us, you know, sometimes um, it's still value. Mm -hmm. So I, mm -hmm. I, I agree with you on that. Another thing I thought about with this description to build and maintain our communities together and take, you know, and let our brothers and sisters problems be our problems and solve them together. I immediately thought about intersectionality mm -hmm. and I immediately thought about how multifaceted the black community is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's, you know, everybody says it now, the black, you know, black people are not a monolith, right? That's, you know, everybody's favorite thing now. But it, it really just means we're not all the same, right? And so the black man's problem is the black woman's problem. 
The black woman's problem is the black man's problem. The poor people's problem is the middle class and upper middle class people's problem. And the middle class people's problems are the poor people's problems. You know what I'm saying? The educated people's problems are the uneducated people's problems and vice versa, right? If you're heterosexual, the issues related to the LGBTQ community, their problems are our problems, right? And vice versa. Mm -hmm. So we have to take on each other's each other's problems, we have to understand, and it goes back to emoji unity, we have to understand that we are not in the position of power that our white counterparts are in, in terms within this capitalist society. Now we can go a little bit deeper into this idea of like black privilege and all that other kind of stuff where, well, we can go in, into it much deeper, but from the very kind of basic standpoint, the idea is that we don't have access to the power um, that our white counterparts have. And so because of that, they can be separate, right? Mm -hmm. They can be, you know, disunified, if that's the term, or disjointed in their community, which a lot of them are, and still stay on top. Not because they're unified, but because they have access to power, right? But as Black folks, we don't necessarily have that 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 privilege that option so we have to take on each other's problems and we have to take them seriously now that doesn't necessarily mean that we have to solve every single problem at one time either right if you look at previous movements and you know history dr king didn't say okay we're gonna solve every issue say listen we're gonna focus on this bus in montgomery here <laughs> it took us a year or some change now after we do that then we build on that and we grow and we, you know, um, continue to expand this movement. So it doesn't mean that we take on everything at one time either, but it does mean that we continue to keep all of our people in mind as we are, as we're fighting, as we're uh, moving towards liberation, as we're maintaining our communities, as we're building our communities. And so I think that's, that's one thing that's extremely important. And another part about this idea of collective work and responsibility is that it doesn't necessarily mean we're all going to have the same ideas either. You know what I'm right. saying? Mm -hmm. Some people are going to, you know, feel that we should uh, build our communities in one way. Some people may view, think that we should do it in another way or in another way. Some people are Pan-African. Some people are Black Christian. Some people are Black Muslim. Some people are atheists. Some people, like, have, have different views. Some people believe in self-determination. Some people believe in in you know in in integration or whatever everybody has different views but we all want the same thing right which is freedom and justice and equality for our people and so i think that's the unity part that's the collective that's the collective work part and we pull what we can from the unique things that we're doing whatever we can pull from those that blend with somebody else's we merge those things together and we move forward so um that's what i think about when i think about that work i'm wondering if y'all feel like that was particularly like important for 2020 mm. and even in going into 2021 do you feel like it's i mean i mean we haven't even talked about like the other principles for real yet but i'm just wondering if y'all feel like this principle especially is really important for us to take was like really important for 2020 and really important for us to take into 2021. This particular principle? Mm -hmm. Honestly, I don't, I think that we would not 
Like if I don't think there was any other way that once 2020 fell apart like it did, I really don't think there was any other way that we could go about it, right? Like we're in the middle of a pandemic that eventually it shows that our people are dying at a much higher rate than anybody else's or being affected at a much higher rate. And then in the middle of this, we watch another George Floyd video. Mm. Yeah. What? We can't, there's no, is the, I just feel like there's, we couldn't have, there, it wasn't even possible for us to take another yeah. approach. Because it's like at this, at this point, and I think even, even more so, I feel like, and I know that this is de- definitely as, as we are centering our people, but I feel like the world was in on it at this point. The world was in on it like, man, like I would, I'd use other words. I know we on the live, but it's like, man, like really? Mm-hmm. Like we in the middle of a pandemic and y'all can't, black people can't get a break. We can't jog. We yeah, can't in, jog the, in the, the middle of a pandemic. We can't jog, we can't go to Wendy's or <laughs> right. Like, I mean, so, and I, so we can't think, sleep in our bed. Right. Without the police coming in and letting off rounds and on so, the girl that's sleeping, I I, okay. I think that I think that the world not and I, yes, you know, like definitely focusing on our people, but the world saw in this moment that it was like, yo, like forget forget y'all, like or, or forget everything else, like these people can't catch a break. Mm-hmm. And so it was like even the world for a moment and they still are, but it was like even the world for a moment just poured in and was like, yo, we're in a pandemic. Mm -hmm. They're already dying at a faster rate than everybody else. And they still can't catch a break. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, I just, I don't think in within the good that's in the human spirit, you know, like if we just separate you know, from everything else within the good that's in the human spirit. I don't think there was any other way that we could even approach it. Mm. Like it would be impossible to approach it any other way. Mm. And I also feel like 2020 was a year of exemplifying that black people are united. Mm. And I want to say that there's also that message out there that black people can't come together. Like I I hate saying that. Black people just need to get together. Black people so disjointed. I'm just like, can we can we be done with that rhetoric? Like, I, I know let me pause. Let me pause you for a second. People mm-hmm. who are usually saying that are people who have done absolutely nothing, or mm. very little, <laughs> as far as bringing people together. Mm. I promise you, I've not met a person I, who has said something like that and has done not a momentary thing to help Black people come together, but like they have stayed the course in committing committing to, to bring us together as people. There's typically, typically, typically people who say stuff like that, they have not. Every every time somebody says, say, says that, what you said, Amber, I always ask them, what Black people are you around? Mm-hmm. Hundred percent of the time, mm-hmm. when I when I ask that mm-hmm. question, they always come with the b- 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 mm-hmm. uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Where 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 are you looking? Are mm-hmm. you where are you looking when you're saying you're not seeing black people mm-hmm. sticking together? You're not seeing black people doing certain things, mm-hmm. right? Because I tell them the people that I'm around, and 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 the people that I see, mm-hmm. and the people that I surround myself with, 
oh no, that's not the case. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I'm around special type of people because I live in Atlanta. No, this 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 happens everywhere I go <laughs> because these are the people that I surround myself. It's not uncommon for me to see my people sticking. It all depends on how you look at it. Mm -hmm. I love um, um, my sister. Shout out to Ayana. My sister tagged me in this thing. Um, Kev on stage. Mm -hmm. He's creating this app um, that you know is basically challenging a lot of what's what's being done in Hollywood mm -hmm. and in media and, and entertainment. And he said that he, within the first couple of days, he had like 10,000 people subscribe to this app. And he said, and literally everybody who did it was black. All of his supporters have been black. He said, I am, if anybody tells me that black people don't stick together, that black people don't support, I'm here to tell you. Every, since the, since the start of my career, everybody who has always been consistent supporters of me, they have always been black. It don't mean I don't have white fans or whatever, but for the, for, for the most part, it's always been black people. But okay. it's so easy for us to, yeah. to say what you just said, Amber, you know what I'm saying? That's mm -hmm. just, the, that, that's the internalized racism that we've been fed. Oh, yes, you know what I'm saying? It's just a narrative that we it just, is. and it just flows out of our mouth. We don't even really think about it to somebody say, well, who you around? Why you say that? Well, go to a black owned business and ask them for the first two years of their business, who was the main people that was coming through? Mm -hmm. You know, for, you know, most of the time, you know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. yeah, I'm sorry. sorry. She had, yeah, you was on the thought. No, I love you. I, that, that caught me. As soon as you said <laughs> black people can't come together, it was like, yeah, you did that. go ahead. But the thing is, it's like, we've heard that said so much, mm -hmm. right? And it's just like, it's, it's almost as like, that's a characteristic of the black community. And especially even from non-black folks who have positions in power, they love to say things like, well, you know, the black community needs to do this, you know, um, as though one, as though we are some kind of monolith. Um, and then also as though in one way, like we don't have leadership or we don't have, but even though that we need one leader, it, it's just, I feel like right. when, when I think about this term, it's kind of complicated when it comes to black people in particular, um, because there's just so many messages around how we get together, how we unite. When, when it comes to other non-black groups, I think there's less popular opinion about how people go about doing things. But the way that black people choose to um, comport themselves and get together, it, it comes with different consequences and it comes with a different kind of um, critical eye than other groups. So right. we all know, even when it came to, you know, um, the, all of the protests, I don't, you know, all the gatherings this summer, it's just like when black people come together to, to protest something or speak out about something, it's completely taken differently than when there might be a far right group trying to exercise their first amendment rights or something like that. And so it's just like, I feel like there's an eye, a specific, an eye out for how black people collectively work together. And that, that affects the way that we actually do get together. And it affects the way people perceive the way that we get together because there's so much opinion around it. So I, 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 this particular one does hit me. And I think it does hit 2020 specifically because of all of the, just everything that's happened this year with COVID, with the protests, it's just like, we've been doing, we've been get coming together um, and we've been coming together strong and in numbers. We don't even necessarily look at like church, church is an example or other like games and all kinds of things and family gatherings. It's like, we've been coming together. It's not just that, you know, the black 
that there isn't a black family. There's that whole notion too, or like black men aren't around or black men aren't supportive of their families. It's like, it's so many different messages out there. So I just feel like if there wasn't another year um, where it, that exemplified black togetherness, it was 2020. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Jackie, I know you gotta, uh, you gotta bounce out, right? I don't know if you had something you wanted to kind of uh, say Listen, I'm loving the conversation, y'all. Keep it going. I have to um, to jet a little bit early. I wish I could stay for the rest of the conversation, <laughs> especially to talk to the man, the myth, the legend, Doctor Hater, Doctor Jared Roseboro. I wish I could stay a little bit. Longer. The Jackie um, of whose <laughs> shoes I am not unworthy to unlatch it. <laughs> See, I don't even have latches in my shoes. Oh, exactly. <laughs> just loafers. You just slide on it. You slide on in there. We just got flip flops right now. Right. <laughs> what she's saying is, I'm not on her level. That is what she's saying. She said, you, you messing around with simpletons <laughs> that have latches on their shoes. <laughs> exactly. Who has strings I, upon I wish their I shoes? Was able Pardon to me. <laughs> the shoe latch ministry, but I, I am unable at this moment. <laughs> but y'all keep it going. Love you lots. Keep the keep the party going. Yeah. Um, and to bring it all this into, into 2021, man. Like, yeah all stuff that doesn't get left here at the table like at the at the you know kwanzaa table but you know we taking it into 2021 so definitely yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well happy kwanzaa all right homies and uh, yes we'll talk before the before the actually we'll talk before the end of the year we will but to the street well mm -hmm. i guess you could say bye or say give a, a, a street academy we will see you in 2021. We love y'all so much for rocking with us. Yeah. <laughs> I know Amber and John are gonna, you know, say their piece a little bit later, but thank y'all for rocking with us as we uh, figure this out, you know? Yeah. Love y'all lots. We'll see y'all in 2021 on the flip side yeah. of this year. Even with important people, yeah. they be, they gotta move. We, can't, we, can't, <laughs> we try to schedule them, but. They too important. You know, I, I'm, 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 I'm not able at this time. I am unable okay. <laughs> at this time. <laughs> so, all right, y'all. I'll see y'all later. Bye, Um. So, Amber, I mean, I think, I think you, I think you really hit on some great points. Um, and I really want us to talk a little bit as Jackie kind of transitioned us into thinking about 2021. Um, mm -hmm. we've spent the past couple of episodes talking about 2020, right? Talking about the pandemic, talking about, you know, all this other kind of stuff. But the, the good thing about Kwanzaa is that Kwanzaa is a celebration as well. It's a celebration of blackness. Mm -hmm. It's a celebration of black life is, is, is to not center white people, right? That's it. So, right. So we want to decenter whiteness. <laughs> we want to bring in and celebrate blackness. We want to celebrate the beauty um, 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 and what we've overcome here uh, in, in 2020, what do we want to, how do we want to apply these principles and the celebratory nature of blackness, bringing that into 2021, right? Um, mm -hmm. 
yeah. uh, taking into account these principles of unity, umoja, kuji chakalia, self-determination, ujima, collective work and responsibility, ujama, cooperative economics, supporting black businesses, nia, purpose, uh, kaumba, creativity, and imani, faith. I think I think I said them all. Yeah, yeah, I think that was all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so how? What are some ways in which you plan to take these principles into 2020 uh, and make, I mean, 2021 and make 2021 just as black as 2020? So for me, I, when I look at all of these, I kind of just synthesize them into the concept of wearing about yourself, um, which I think is really, really important. Wearing about yourself and your own people, like your close community. And, um, for me, every year I try to have a theme. I've been having themes every year almost since like 2010 or something, 2009. And so I've already have my theme for next year, which is sleep and creation. <laughs> and Ooh, I, yeah, sleep and creation. And for me, creation. I realized in order to do any of these wonderful things, being self-determined, working with other people, being feeling purposeful, being creative, having faith, you need to be able to bring yourself, your full self, your most alert self, your most energized self. And, the, and the, even if, we don't even have to say the most self, I don't even have to say the best self, but at mm. least bring a well-rested person to the table. Mm. Rest mm. cannot be overemphasized in our society and with black people. We need to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. I need to go to sleep. <laughs> I need to go to I sleep. I'd be burning a candle at both ends. Going to bed. Huh? You know I started saying it. I can't help it. I started go to sleep. Oh, as the go to sleep. Oh. If you tired, be quiet and go to sleep. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. I need to put that on my playlist. And I'm dead serious. I'm sorry. Yeah. I know we in the celebration. No, I'm so serious. We need to put it on the playlist. I'm I because. Black people don't sleep enough. Um, I know I don't get enough. I don't get eight hours. I don't know the last time I got eight hours. I stay mm-hmm. off of six, four. I say four to six yeah. hours, and it's just like yep. I need more rest. I it's in during sleep. Even though scientists completely, in some ways, can't explain everything that happens during sleep, there's a lot of healing. There's a lot of repairing, and <clears throat> where you you begin to just restore your energy. I feel like I know I would feel so much better if I actually got to sleep. And the other thing that comes with prioritizing sleep is I started, uh, I start, uh, you, you, in order to get sleep, you have to start creating routines in your life and routines are what help you create discipline. And when you start having discipline, you're able to accomplish more of the things that you want to do. And with discipline, you're also able to be more focused, being able to be more sharp. And so I see sleep as a direct correlate to creativity and to creation, which is why they're going together this year. So if I can sleep, then I perhaps I'll be able to create because Mm. I'll have the clarity. I'll have the rest. I'll have the alertness to actually be able to have the focus to actually create the things that I want to create next year. And that's what I want to do because our creations as Black people, that's what saves each other. So um, the things that we create from, (laughs) I'm going to take it back. Um, I don't know the history of the traffic light. However, I can imagine some some niggas was probably running to each other. And then our brother was like, yo, creative. Let me, let me. You know, but even just that, when it comes to to artistry, the music, it's the the art, it's the it's the books, it's all these things that end up we save each other by focusing in focusing our creativity. And so for me, 
when I look at all of these principles, um, I see how they connect to my theme for next year mm-hmm. of sleep and creativity. I just want more of it. Um, and just to make it even more like dot on the nose, like by fo- even now I started trying to emphasize sleep. So I have a new evening routine and I have a new morning routine. So I'm like about two hours before I want to go to sleep, I'm trying to wind down already. And so that's enabling me to decide, I'm I'm deciding that I want to like brush my teeth, wash my face and like write in my happiness journal, which is every night I just write something or try to try to every night, write something that has made me happy that day, Mm -hmm. bringing something that's happy. Um, well, just reflecting on what's happy. And so then that's that's what I'm focusing on right before sleep instead of scrolling on Instagram and right. perhaps being accosted by another image of one of my brothers or sisters being shot down, right. which is what I do because it's just trauma. Because like when you when you're on the internet, when you're on social media, anything can pop up because you don't you don't curate your own feed. And so what would be on my mind right before bed, instead of it being me feeling heavy, which has happened a lot this year, yeah. all the heaviness that I would feel right before sleep and end up having some terrible dreams or something. What I end up going thinking about before bed is what just made me happy for the day. Mm. Something I can be grateful for. Yeah. That's a different frame to actually go to sleep in. And then now my morning routine is to wake up and talk about, say something I'm grateful for, um, have some affirmations. And then also like I have a little book that has a question of the day and then I get some fresh air, I stretch, I drink some water. It's just, it's just changing the way that I can approach my day. And so in a very practical sense, that's, I feel like focusing on ourselves and focusing on our own energy, like looking at ourselves as actual energetic beings that can be empty, I think mm. is how we can embody all of these principles next year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I, one, one of my themes for next year is, is, is rebirth, right? Rebirth. Mm. Um, I've been through, say do, what? You feel like, do you feel like 2020 was labor? And so now you're doing a rebirth? No, I, I feel like 2020, I'm saying rebirth, but really like a resurrection. Like, I mm. feel like I, I feel like 2020 was a death for me. I, I think I talked about it in the last episode. It really was like a death for me in a lot of, in a lot of ways, the amount mm. of death I experienced, you know, outside and having friends that have passed away, family members that have passed away just all the way up until last week. You know what I'm saying? Just constant, just death. It's been so much death around, more death around me this year than ever in my entire life put together. Uh, And then just personal things I've been going through that has made me kind of feel like I'm deaf, like who I was before 2020 and in 2020 um, is literally going away. And I'm literally being reborn again. Mm. And I actually want to get a tattoo. I've been looking at at some some symbols, but I want to get a tattoo of like um of like the Phoenix fire. Mm. And then like um the same, but but instead of the Phoenix actually rising from the ashes in the you know in the Greek story, which I need to look because I think it's actually an Egyptian story, but I want to be sure because I don't want to put nothing Greek on my body. So I want to make sure it's Egyptian mm-hmm. first before I do it. But instead of the phoenix rising from the ashes, which is what you typically find in the Greek version, it's I want the Sankofa bird to rise from the ashes. Mm. Because the Sankofa, because the phoenix rises and flies away, the Sankofa bird rises and looks back and looks back to pull people with them after they 
after the bird dies and then rises mm. out of the ashes. And so that's that's I want to get that tattoo. I'm still doing some research, but I'm probably gonna go to my um to my folks down in City of Ink down in Edgewood and probably get that on 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 my arm or something sometime next year. But that's what that means for me next mm. year, 2021. And so I want to embody these principles even more as I'm thinking about a rebirth of unity. What does unity look like in this new Jonathan? You know what I'm saying? What does Kuji Chakalia look like in this new rebirth? Like I've just been, it's crazy Amber, because when you was doing that whole, um, oh my goodness, yo, this is why you ahead of your time. Um, what you did, the decluttering? No, the decluttering mm -hmm. thing, yeah. I'm doing that now. I'm doing it now. You was ahead of your time. Like I, I, I saw the vision. I supported you because I'm like this, this Amber. So I'm gonna support mm -hmm. the homie. But I really wasn't, didn't understand it until now. Mm -hmm. This year, I've been decluttering. Like Jared's at my house now. So you remember all that that was over there? Mm -hmm. You, I just took all that out. Yeah. I have this own. I have this place in my house now. It's my peaceful place. I feel so old <laughs> saying, but like it's like this peaceful place. I have my record player over there. I got my chairs. I'm going to set it up. I'm going to get plants, everything. And in the mornings, early in the mornings, I just want to sit there and just drink my tea, drink my cider. And, and, and it's right next to my window. So I can look out my window. I can look out in my yard. I can look out the lake that's in my backyard and just reflect and just be at peace because that is how I want to start my mornings, that's how I want to go about my day, even before I go work out, before I, sometimes even before I meditate, even before I read, you know, read, now I'm reading, I haven't, I haven't read the Bible in a while, but I'm reading the Quran now. And so even before I read the Quran, even before I read, I'm reading with my uh, Jathani. Um, so like, yeah. even before oh, I read all yeah. these spiritual books, mm -hmm. I just, I kind of want to be in a different place. Like, like literally just changing up my whole thing. You know what I'm saying? Just doing a whole new thing, a rebirth, like for real, you know what I'm saying? And so I wanna, you know, employ these principles with, with within that rebirth, mm. a new unity, a new faith, a new purpose, a new mm. creativity, all of that. So yeah, that's my 2021. I love that. I love it. You might've just given me a third theme for next year, um, which is just the theme of tabernacle um and yeah. to be able to have a place of yeah. Yeah. just spiritual renewal every like like prioritizing that so mm -hmm. i might have to add that because that's that's a thing like um i think us i, I think what's interesting i'll say this and then i'll let you go jared um i haven't done a study but i'm curious to see how black people especially black christians this principle have evolved and changed, especially since the religious experience typically relies so much on church attendance and church going and being around people. I feel like this year people had to rely on something different mm. um, and they had to probably depend on themselves more for their own kind of spiritual journeys. Mm. And so I'm curious to see how this year in particular will affect Black Christians or Black or just Black black Christians and black people in general, in terms of their religious and spiritual perspectives, because I just, there, there was a shift this year because people just couldn't 
perform and experience in the same way and so like you saying that like you have an emphasis on like having a space that's kind of like a space where you can kind of like really spiritually center yourself and like bring peace to your to your body and to your soul I I I have a feeling like a lot of people a lot of black people had to do that especially now with I think the destigma I think more and more there's a destigmatization of mental illness and mental health or taking care of your mental health so people are being more intentional and I think people are being invited to be more intentional about their mental and emotional health so i feel like that is gonna happen some more mm, yeah i like that mm. um yeah like i i honestly i am i am i'm in i'm in limbo right um but it is it's a limbo that i believe that the creator has a purpose for um like I cannot pretend. Even now, I just had a friend um, who uh, who 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 lost her father, right, uh, to COVID just like recently. Like literally, just dropped her off at the airport maybe two days ago to go and fly out and and bury her father because of this. And so, like for me, I can't pretend to understand everything that 2020 has been. Um, but, and I believe we were talking about this briefly, John Grant, there was a purpose for it. Like mm-hmm. there's a, there is a purpose. And it's like, if you, if, if you go through all of this mm. and you, if, if nothing has changed, if nothing uh, about your life has shifted, um, then I feel more for a person whose life has taken no shift whatsoever from the pandemic, from what has happened as far as Black Lives Matter movement. So it's like, I don't, I can't specifically put it into words like what is 2021? Cause I don't know. But what I do know is that what has happened in 2020 is, is literally like morphing me into something evolved. Mm. Do I know exactly what it is yet? I don't, but I do know that I, when I tell you like just being able to sit next to John Grant, I don't take that for granted but no it's like i you, i don't take hugging people for granted right yeah. i don't yeah. take i don't take conversation for granted i don't take just being able to go and visit somebody I love for granted. Yeah. I don't take sitting in a public space with people for granted, granted. Yeah. right? Uh-huh. Like, and so all of this is what I'm taking, right? Mm. I don't know, I, appreciation. I don't, I, right. It's like, it's appreciation, appreciation. but it's, it's like, man, all of these things before we looked at it and it was like, it was nothing to be like, yo, we going to the, the, the jazz festival. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, we we roll yeah. to the jazz festival. It's that's what we do every so year. Normal, and that's what we do. Together. We get up, we go to the, it's a, it's a done deal or Juneteenth. Juneteenth. Yeah. That's what we do. Yeah. Right. And it's yeah. not that I took those things for granted, but now it's like every moment, Ugh, I'm legit getting emotional about it. 
every moment that you have that you can breathe and can breathe freely is like that's a that is a god-given gift not to be wasted mm. and i think i would i i would i could definitely say that that time wasted time wasted for me like what did i waste time doing before mm. that now if i like i would give life and limb to be able to do this again right like what did i waste time before doing like what did i waste like you said before what did i waste time scrolling on you know like just not even I ain't even looking at nothing for real for real i'm looking at cat videos exactly <laughs> for hours on end right but i took i took life shout around out to the cats, me though. Shout out to cat, man cats are evil bro no no shout no. out to the cats who be jumping at the, the cucumbers i find those videos quite fascinating i've seen them <laughs> Like what is what is wrong with like, me? Why did I jump with the cucumber? I don't know, but I've watched that video. Oh, oh my gosh! But no, that's that's legit for me. But it's it's just like, what did I take for granted? And being that I took it for granted, how am I going to be different from here forward? Right. How like right. what in life? Like what I would not give to have another conversation with some people who are no longer here. Right. So yeah. now, so now for me, every conversation, um, and I was just reconnecting with another, uh, you know, like kind of friend on this, but like every conversation that I have is like, I'm going to put, I'm about to fully put myself into this conversation. Right. Because I don't, I don't know, I don't know what the, I don't know what the next, day is going to look like right. right there was somebody who was a, um a, another teacher at, at pine forge um i dropped off at the airport the next day she had was it was the next day it was it doesn't matter she had a stroke like we just take it we take all of life for granted like and so that i think that's the biggest thing for me like it's i can't even say it's like 2021 it's like right now I just don't take, I don't take, I don't take any of it for granted. Like I don't take any of it for granted. Is life the best right now? No, it's not. It's, 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 you know, it's still craziness going on. Okay, great. But like, what, what now do I look at life and wish like, man, I wish I could do more of this. So I can't take this for granted. Like every, every morning that I get up, you know, like I take for granted that I have time to do some you know to get this accomplished or to do it's like nah you don't can't take that stuff for granted that's my mm. I'm, I'm off my soapbox that's mm. it that's it dang that's i'm with you on that yeah, yeah. wait i look at it I, I feel like um with that i, I think it's I don't know if I would call it a mantra or a paradigm, what you're saying, like the, the, the idea of like not taking anything for granted. And I think I would maybe for myself, because I've struggled with trying not to feel morbid in the way that I interact with uh, mm. life. Uh -huh. So I remember reading this book called One Month to Live. And it was about like, what would you do if you only had one month to live, basically? Mm. And whatever those things that you actually wanted to do are the things that you quote unquote should be doing um for like with your time and like trying to make you think about um 
like not wasting time. I remember though hearing later the idea of of it being less useful for us to say like, oh, I'm out of time or I'm running out of time or like there's not enough time because then that makes us as humans at odds with time. Um, we're not, it's like time is just an entity. Yeah. Um, time is a factor of life. It's the way that we are experiencing life. It's the same way with gravity. So gravity is something that we're not necessarily at odds with it's something that we manage mm -hmm. um so in order for us to fly or in order for us to you know do whatever if you want to like jump higher whatever you are going against gravity so you're managing it it's not that you are necessarily at odds at odds with it or that you're out of gravity or something so it's the same thing of not saying necessarily that i'm out of time or running out of time because then i'll have a poor relationship with it because in my in the back of my head i have I feel like it's a scarce entity, um, which in some way we don't know how much time we have. Um, so, but with that, how do I look at time as something that I can be grateful for in every moment that I do have it and not look at it in a finite way? Because then anything that you kind of have a negative relationship towards you, it's like the way you deal with it. It's just like, you're going to act rushed. So if you always feel like you don't have time, you're going to be rushed and busy. And that defeats the whole purpose of embracing the moment. Um, so if I feel like I have, it's just like time is, is on my side. Time is something that I'm appreciative of. I'm thankful for the time I have and I'm grateful for it. And so in every moment that I have, I'm going to be appreciating the time and I'm going to be humble about it and I'm going to be grateful. And I think, and it's like, I'm still trying to like work through that for myself because I feel like in more in languages, I think just in more media and just the way that people talk, we talk about time in a negative sense and, and in, a, in a sense of like, we don't have enough time, which which is it was just totally fair when we think about um, um, the loss of life and we feel like we don't we didn't have enough time with that person or like w because we operate with a calendar that doesn't even necessarily feel natural especially as people of the diaspora because we didn't necessarily operate on these hours so that's the whole thing too but it's just to say I feel like I, I want to work better with my relationship to time how I talk about it and how I'm like present like how am I truly present and so in the sense that you're saying Jared like you know I don't want to take anything for granted I'm looking at like flipping that and saying like I want to celebrate every moment yeah. like every moment yeah. that I have yeah. celebrate it yeah. and not look at it like I might not have it again instead look at it like I'm so excited that I have it now yeah I love like, it like trying to put all my energy into like this moment because I, I don't want to have that kind of morbid perspective. Cause I feel like for myself, that doesn't work. I'm not saying that you, you all have to take on my perspective. No, it's I just love it. I've been trying to work through that with myself. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. And one thing, Amber, you, uh, you're, you're so nail on the head with it. Perspective is everything, right? Just, and you taught me this, like just rearranging words in a sentence, right? is is like could be the difference in the in the entire world like you mm -hmm. said versus saying i don't have enough time versus the time i am going to celebrate the time that i have or i'm going to honor the time yeah. that i have right mm -hmm. just just that like i i, I love that I, I love that so you're i i feel like you're you're spot on with that like you know anything that we can do to pull away from negative and go over to, I, I don't even necessarily want to call it positive, but it's more like affirmative. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, affirmative. And I would even say scarcity in contrast to abundance. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's just like there is that. Granted, it's true that Mm -hmm. we have 24 hours in a day, supposedly, but that's also if you subscribe to the day setup that we have, that we have, you Mm -hmm. know, and if you, we, we are okay with these explanations, because depending on what time of the year it is, are we going daylight to, are we going sunrise to sunset? Like how many hours, how are we doing this whole thing? If Mm -hmm. we really want to get technical. So even the way that we talk about the hours in the day and our relationship to time and our relationship to seasons, it, it, it can be different and it can shape, it can, it can change the way that we just live on this planet mm-hmm. and experience on this planet with others. And even, and I'll get so specific as to say, I, I really, I, this is what I will hope to evolve to within the next five years. I would hope that I almost don't use clocks at all. Um, I would prefer to, and probably not even the, 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 the Gregorian calendar that we have now. And I say that because I'm like, I really want to listen to my body. I really want to, mm-hmm. I want to pay attention to when the sun rises and I when the sun right there. I want to work. I want to put my energy into when the sun, when the sun is up and I'm like, let me get up. It's five o'clock in the morning. I'm not saying because I'm waking up at seven, I need to wake up at seven because somebody told me I need to wake up at seven. I want to pay attention to the seasons. I want to pay attention to my own moon cycle as a woman being on my menstrual cycle, which has been a thing that has really been like, you know, rejected and not a part of popular culture, even though we're like more than half of the population, like everybody should be paying attention to women's menstrual cycle, actually, because it would definitely change the way that we interact with ancient Egyptians did ancient African people did. That's how they understood the universe paying attention to women's to women's menstrual cycle. It's it's so instead of looking at it as like this thing that, you know, happens every month and women get all irritable and stuff. It's just like, well, what is happening in the bodies and in the spirits of the people around me? And and also men have cycles too. Let's not play. So it's like everybody Everybody is on cycles. cycles Men yeah. non-gender trans, um, non-gender Everybody has a cycle. Every human being, every created thing has a cycle. And so my thing is, how can I change the way that I'm interacting with this whole thing? Because all of it has been shaped for me. Um, I've, I've taken for granted that this is how long a month is. And this is, you know, all of these different ways. I really, really want to just pay attention. Of course, you know, I can honor the way other people manage their time. And right. I can say, you know, you know, I'm not going to be like, call me when the cloud is over the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Look, niggas be like, the dinner starts at 5 hey, o'clock. If you don't pull up at 5.30, <laughs> dinner starts at 5 o'clock. Wow. <laughs> what is that in accordance <laughs> with the moon and stuff? What is that in, in clouds and sun? So I'm not going to do that for my, my own selfish. <laughs> I just want to understand my own rhythms because we all have rhythms. Even the idea of taking a midday nap when it comes to having a siesta, other countries do that. All of our bodies need different amounts of rest, all of that. And so I feel like when it comes to time, especially coming from a capitalistic consumer driven society, black people in specific specifically will have an issue with time and the feeling of being rushed for time or pushed for time or not enough time and all that stuff. I don't want any of that energy in my body. I want to feel as though I have everything before me and I want to feel as though in every moment I have life and I'm full of life because the fact is I actually am full of life at every moment. Mm -hmm. You know, even if I'm anxious, even if I'm depressed, because in that depressed moment, I'm feeling fully feeling that emotion. Mm. And so I feel like that's important and we don't have that. Mm. As I I don't feel I don't want to say we don't have that. I feel like I have not focused on that much or have not been I have not learned about that kind of embracing of life. Mm. 
I, I want to read something that somebody who's on our live posted. Mark Jackson said, 2020 placed the black Christian experience back in the proper divine order. Many lost their way seeking church first. Now forces us to recenter our focus. Didn't need to depend on anything else. It pushed us closer into his presence. So mm-hmm. what 2020, I guess, allowed for us to, for many people, put less focus on church, mm-hmm. less focus on traditions, and more on making sure that we are right with the divine, that we have that spiritual connection. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's kind of speaking to what you're talking about, about being one with what God has created, being one with the moon, being one with the sun, being one with our cycles, women's cycles, as well as men's cycles, right? And so I think I, I think that that, like kind of going back to what you were saying, not that everybody coming out of 2020 should have their own business, should have written a book, should have like, yeah, even nah. if you just, even if you took 2020 to just rest, that's fine. Right. Whatever you did to survive, that's good. Mm-hmm. But what is important is that out of 2020, something, even if it was something very small, which I think is what you're saying, there should be some shift. There should mm-hmm. be some change in who you were before 2020 and who you are in 2021. It doesn't have to be extremely massive. It can be something small, but there has to have been some change in order for this to have been worthwhile mm-hmm. or necessary, right? And so, um, so yeah, I, I think- hmm? I'm careful with the word should, right? Should yeah. is a word for me. Like, and, and telling anybody they have to do something or that they should have. And I say that because it's just like, I feel like there, there can be judgment placed upon people who- Sure. I feel it. I feel like there's judgment in that way. And I know that's not what y'all are doing. I wonder, again, you know, I'm, I'm big on language. So right. I wonder if it's like, I, I would pose it more as a question. It's just like, have you, like, as anyone who has lived in 2020, mm-hmm. um, how were you invited to change? And, have, and how have you responded? Right. I feel like presenting that question rather than it in that way makes it yeah more more receptive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I just look at it like to say, to say like you should have changed, or if twenty twenty didn't show didn't it didn't change you then blah blah. Yeah. And it's just like I feel like what 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 benefit is it for me to say that to someone? Right. I would I, rather, you see what I mean? It's like yeah. I would rather pose it to them in the sense of like because I don't want to be anybody's judge or jury. I really right. don't, and I feel right. like. I've, I've placed, like, people do that a lot. And so it's just like, I hope that the changes that 2020 invited us to make this year, we were receptive to. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, I, I like that. Right. I feel you. Because it's like, the if then, is if that's one of the, um, look at that. We use something in math that we learned from school. But like the if then. It's but that the it's like the only thing out of algebra <laughs> that I learned. <laughs> no, um, like it's an equation. And so like equations are, uh, what's the word? It's like, it's immutable or like, it's not changeable, mm-hmm. right? Like if this happened then, mm-hmm. but 2020 is not an if then. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's exactly. not. It's not an if then. Got you. It is like it's a it's a this. Like yeah. <laughs> and however this is, 
is this like it's it's I, I don't I'm as I'm listening to you Amber, it's not a it's not an if then equation and a lot of people have been and you know like it's the it's humans we're imperfect you know um and we are we we have been wired to believe that we have to be driven by something some mm -hmm. something um and so mm -hmm. there are people that are trying to come up with the if then mm. for 2020. Mm. Yeah, right. I, and I feel like we're gonna see that more and more as the yeah. year closes. I feel like yeah. we're gonna see a lot of, if you didn't do this then, or this yeah. didn't, and it's just like. No, not really. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If you survived, then you survived. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. If you're alive, then you're alive. Right. Yeah, and I'm not here to tell you how you mm -hmm. should have done it, or why you should have done it. I'm here to listen. I'm here to connect. Mm -hmm. That right. is just like, I'm not here to place judgment or to condemn. Can I disagree? Because if, if you're a 45 supporter, I could, I definitely have some disagreements with you about how and the why and the what, or if you are a person who like chose to be completely reckless and go without masks in lots of public places, I would say, you know, I strongly disagree with the way that you live that. And I don't necessarily see us, and depending on who the person is, of course, I don't necessarily see us being in community and me investing any time and energy in that. Yet I'd rather, I don't want to take the spirit of judgment because right. growing up as Adventist, it's just like, I feel like that was what I learned the best. Right. And I feel like that spirit of judgmentalism is what is what creates so much division just amongst people, period. Because mm -hmm. people want to feel better than somebody else. People want to be able to say, oh, I know better than you. I'm smarter than you. I'm wiser than you. I'm faster than you, whatever. And it's just like, it's okay to let that person be and let me be. And we don't have to be on some kind of class. Yeah. class. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's no hierarchy here. I don't, I don't want to care enough to put people on a hierarchy anymore. I don't need to put myself under. I'm not trying to put myself above. It's un it's all unnecessary. I feel like we have completely gotten sidetracked mm. as a society, as a youth, like all civilizations on, mm -hmm. on the planet. Yeah. So completely sidetracked with hierarchies and classism. Yeah. That's a whole nother. Yeah, that's a whole nother, whole nother spectrum. But I feel like that has to happen with us just like, cause I, I, you, you know, we can predict this. As 2020 goes to 21, there are going to be a lot of people on high horses about right. what we should have Absolutely. They're going to talk about what, you know, this is what we did, how I, that this is how I pushed through in the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's that. And that's great. And to be honest, I'm not knocking it. Um, and this is something that I'll say real quick that I've been for the last year kind of pushing with my students. Because, you know, in that world of music, um, you know, I'm at Pine Forge Academy, and you all know the, the many thoughts that go as far as Pine Forge Academy goes. Um, the thought is that as human beings, we have a hard time differentiating between better and different, right? Mm. So a lot of times we, when we, when we enjoy something differently than we enjoy something else, we look at it as this is better, better. than mm -hmm. this, right. right? I enjoy hip hop differently than I enjoy gospel. Mm. Hip hop is better, better than gospel music. Right. No, it is different. I enjoy hip hop differently because right. what I get a lot of times from my students, um, they ask me about which singer is better, right? Mm. What, what yeah. singer is better, you know? 
And before I would entertain it, but then I kind of realized I have to, in my mind, I'm creating a pattern to place people in this like strata in hierarchies, hierarchy. right? Yeah. That's what I'm doing. And it's <clears> like, <throat> sure, you know, like that's how the, that's just, I don't think there's gonna be a change in the world of that operation. But when it comes to me for myself, especially even with me and my craft, right? I have to, I'm, I'm coming to respect different. Mm. And, you know, so when people come to me and they're like, oh man, I think you're better than dot, dot, dot. It's useless. It's my, 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 it's like, there's a wall that goes up because it's like, it's just different. Right. And we've been, we have been programmed to make something better or make something worse. Right. And that's not even, that's not even in quality because, you know, like you can't give me a torn up shirt and be like, oh, this shirt is just different. No, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a bad shirt. You need mm -hmm. to get a better shirt. That's for the, you know, the health of wearing clothes. But when it comes to like, you know, just the presentation in general, it's like, we need to learn that we just enjoy and it's okay to have preference too. Mm -hmm. That's okay. But it does not, it does not negate, nor does it mean that something is better. Mm -hmm. Like, and so I've been trying to come away from this whole notion of this one is better. It's like, yeah. this one is different. Right. I enjoy it differently, right? I enjoy, I enjoy this differently than somebody else might enjoy it. Right. Well, it's just the way that it is and that's okay, you know? Right. Well, I have so much to say about that, but so I'm just gonna, but I'm not. <laughs> I don't have much time. But basically, we need to use our words better. All of the superlatives need to just be taken out of the out of the language. Okay. Better, best, more, all that stuff. It's just like it's not specific because better is not specific. Tell me about what quality are you talking about, and then right. we can say it's more. It's more this. It's 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 increasing in this. You know, something like that. It's like this person has this type of tone, and I appreciate this tone more than this tone because for me, my I respond to that more. It's more attractive to me in that way. That's more clear than saying it's just better. It's like, let's use our words. We don't know how to talk. We haven't really used it. We don't know the English language. And, and anyway, I mean, in terms of knowing the English language, I mean, we have not, we don't, we don't use it. The English language is problematic anyway. Never mind. Let's just go. But <laughs> <laughs> well, well, what I would like to do as, as we're wrapping up this episode and wrapping up 2020, um, I want to end on, on a light note. Um, in terms of looking forward to 2021. And so I want each of us to say, what is a movie, an album that you're looking forward to that's coming out in 2021, right? Oh, 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 do you wanna go? Go, go, go. I was gonna say the Migos is, I think Quavo just said the Migos dropping one <laughs> in 2021. And I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to Culture 3, bro. Because I've been kind of missing the Migos. They've been kind of caught up in their own thing. I know I think one of them got a, a whole case. I'm looking forward to what well, I think is Culture 3 coming out. Mm -hmm. And coming to America too. That's mine. <laughs> That's mine. I'm going to be just like how I was for Black Panther. I think it is. I think coming to America too. Is 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 if not equivalent, <laughs> equivalent to Black Panther. It's for the culture. 
culture. We no, don't get culture like how Black Panther was for real though. Yeah, I think it might be for the culture. Right, and I what well. I was actually talking with my um with my principal about this, and and I did not realize it. He was saying that that Black Panther was the coming to America for this. Mm. 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 Interesting. And I'm I fully because where where else yeah, we might, yeah right true. where else do you find something so iconic that celebrates us mm. as people? Yeah. yeah. As African people. As African and people connects that African American yes that story. part right there. Yeah. Where else do you find that? Or where you can yeah. find it, but where else is it as iconic? And I was that's like, true. that that's crazy, but that's, that's what that's it is. True. The black Black Panther is what uh is to this generation what coming to America yeah. was for that generation. Yeah. I, I yeah. feel that. I feel that. Mm -hmm. I'm looking that was my answer. I'm looking for yes. to America. I hope to, to be in theaters because black people gonna be in that theater. Yes. Yes. So I hope the theaters open soon and over so i don't know i don't I, i'm have i wonder if they're gonna try to time it perfectly so that you know it'll be post COVID or whatever but mm -hmm. i'm gonna be up in that theater like yes dressed up decked out just mm -hmm. like i was for black panther yeah. i was all in i had me a whole outfit Yo. looking like the door mm -hmm. of it was great <laughs> i i can't i can't wait for that man yeah. and it looks just as funny it looks yes. like they have not missed the yes. step they got everybody in there or i think like 90 Eight percent of the people from coming to America. Anybody oh, who was still alive, yeah, they got them back. So, yo, I'm, 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 su wait. I'm super excited. I cannot. Yeah, wait. This, this is about to. This is about to. And the thing about man, I mean, I'm, all right, I, I know we gotta, we gotta wrap up. But I love. I was just watching Harlem Nights the other, the other day, and Eddie Murphy was so. Like he was so in tune, bro. He was. Like, Eddie Murphy was in tune, bro. Eddie Murphy has been on since like since he, he has a black on. consciousness that's just like Bruh. and the way he's able to take and bridge that with comedy Bruh. and like have history you, and have you gone Eddie Murphy is for real and and looked at some of his Saturday Night Live sketches with um what's his, what's go look at what's the character it's it's made after Mr. Rogers but it was a oh um. I can't, I, can't remember, I can't remember the exact name of it, but I went back and just watched some of his sketches yeah. and was like, this dude has been on, he, he talks about sociology, inequality, economic divisions, <laughs> like race, Bro. class. He talks about all of that and just bridges that so well with comedy and entertainment, yeah. man. Eddie Murphy is that dude. Yes. Like he needs to be studied for real. Like his stuff mm -hmm. needs to be studied in, in colleges and everywhere. Not even just in colleges, but everywhere. Like, yeah. Did y'all see Dolomite? His his Dolomite? Yes. Dolomite. I loved it. So good. I, my life was changed, not changed. My, my purpose was affirmed and confirmed by that movie. Yeah. Really? Yes. I can see that. I can yes. see that. Because it was like, I will. Do you remember? I remember John Paul Grant when you were on that tip where it was like, "I will not be denied." Yes, undeniable. Mm. That undeniable. That, that was all the white was. He was like, "Listen, I don't care what y'all are gonna do. I am going to. I'm yeah. going to accomplish this. Yeah. So if you're yeah. not about that life, yeah. about accomplishing this, yeah. be out. Done. 
Yeah. I'm going I'm, I'm going to accomplish, bro. On his own by himself. Bro, that movie for me was it. Dolomite was, it was Dolomite it. was crazy. To know that story behind it, mm-hmm. that was it for me. That was yeah. it. Like, yeah. Mr. Robinson's that, name. That's what somebody Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Mr. Robinson's yeah. name. Yeah, I, yeah, Mr. Robinson, yeah. 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 Go back and look at those sketches. He that that dude has been on since he was in his teens. Yeah. Like, yeah. So Coming to America 2, 2021. That's yes. what we're looking forward to. Yes, indeed. Excited. <laughs> well, yo, this has been another episode of the Street Academy Podcast. I told you it was going to be. I, I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate y'all having your boy. Yes. Thank you, Jerry. Music. Come in and, and just but sprinkle, you know, my little sprinkle just a little. We wanted you to do the <laughs> thing right here, bro, bro. Um, uh, definitely want you to tell, you know, tell everybody where they could find you. Oh, want to follow you, what you got going on. Yes. So once again, um, check out either either my Facebook or my Instagram. Um, today for me, like I said, I'm celebrating, I'm celebrating my people. I'm celebrating more so my friends, uh, like people that I know, um, that are superheroes in music or the, it's, it's black music magic. That's what mm-hmm. it is. Um, and so like you check out my Facebook page, Jared Roseboro. If you go, uh, to my Instagram, uh, that's uncle Rosie. Mm-hmm. Uncle Rosie. Auntie Rose? Yeah. Is it Uncle Rose? What is it? I don't I don't know. Y'all are young people in these <laughs> and the Twitter <laughs> fingers <laughs> the, the Just look up the Instagram. Instagram. Search my name. <laughs> Search my name. It'll come up. Jesus Lord. But now if you check, check, check out the stories and all that kind of stuff. Like I said, I'm just spending today celebrating. Um, my 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 friends who are who are superheroes in my eyes with what they have accomplished as far as music goes, um, and then you know so, some stuff is in the works. Uh, just just follow me. I promise you to be yeah, out there. I, it's it's you know I always I'm, got something cooking. Listen, I tell people by the time you catch up, I'm two years ahead of two you. Two years so. ahead, three thousand. That's 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 just how my thoughts are. So, but yes, it, it's been such a pleasure. So thank you all so much for having me on this. It's been been dope. Hey, man. Yay! Yo, mm-hmm. I just want to take the time to, I know Jackie left, but I want to personally take the time to thank both Amber and Jackie mm-hmm. for being a part of this and just co-creating this with me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we came together. Uh, we've been having these, com- just like how you said, two years ahead of time, we've been having conversations like this for years. Mm-hmm. And we just thought, yo, it'll be dope to put this on a platform. Jill Scott just did the same thing. Obviously, she got more views than we do. But, <laughs> but you know, she said that she literally did the exact same thing that we're doing. And I always think it's dope when, you know, celebrities and all these other people that we look to do stuff after we do it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Which lets me know that we, we're, we're, we're on the right path. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got, you know, creative minds and creative ideas. Um, and really we just need a, you know, a larger platform to be able to get it out to the masses. But in terms of ideas and, and what we're doing is, 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 is out there. This is good. I want to personally thank you, Amber, um, and Jackie, both of you for just, um, doing this with me and us doing this together. Um, 
we get a lot of, you know, people, a lot of people really do holler at me and different people, honestly, holler at me and tell me how much they enjoy this platform. Um, I couldn't have done it uh, without y'all and it wouldn't be as dope as it is without y'all, without us coming together and doing this. Um, and so I'm just, I'm so grateful um, for everything that y'all bring to this platform. Um, just not only just y'all's wisdom um, and y'all knowledge, um, but just the energy, the passion, the sacrifice, uh, everything that 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 y'all do for this platform, um, and just you know continuing to just try this thing out and, and and see what it's about and see how it blesses people and shifts the you know conversations that that we have and hopefully inspires people. It has inspired. I think I've shared with y'all some of the things that people have said they've done. People started going to therapy from episodes that we've done. People mm -hmm. have reunited with family members from episodes that we've done. People have changed their diets from episodes that we've done. Wow. And yeah. so, um, wow. yeah, just just know that um, people appreciate what Street Academy Podcast is doing. And I definitely appreciate uh, y'all um, for just for just doing this. This is great. And we're going to keep rocking in 20, 2021. Yeah. We gonna, we gonna keep going. Uh, thank you, John. <laughs> Anytime Amber's not there, people always say they'd be like, "Yo, I, I watched the other episode. Where that light skinned girl at? She, no, I feel bring her back. I wish I was like she couldn't make it this episode, bro. She has something to do. So yeah, they yeah. Oh. folks, folks love you. Okay, I got. I have one unrelated question. It's completely off topic. Go ahead. You're about to say something. Yeah, let me. Say thank you to John. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, John, also for your vision and for your your insisting upon us doing this, which is good. It's just like being, being able to say, okay, y'all, let's do this and putting it together, the energy that you put into um putting the video posting the videos and putting them on the YouTube page and like just what you've done is is what we needed and so thank you for your effort too and also your wisdom and everything that you bring into the conversation and keeping up with the people who actually are sharing stuff like john we we we, we all bring it and i'm just so grateful for you this could not be i'm just so thankful for the trio that we have and for all of the guests such as uh the brother roseboro himself and then how you bring in the different guests it's like you have vision so thank you for your vision as well because there are people who are going to benefit from it, whether it starts with one person to a million. It's, it's This is the beginning. And I feel so good. I feel so good about what we're doing. Like, and so it's just like seeing the, like the views, it's only encouragement for us to, for me, it's only encouragement to me to just continue to just talk and to talk in community. Cause that's what this is about too. It's just like, we're sharing. I feel like a part, again, what we were talking about with Ujima earlier, it's just like that collective responsibility we have to each other. It's just like, we're here to process. This was a year to process. And I feel like I would not have been able to process um, as clearly and as much and come to the resolutions that I have had that I have now without the Street Academy podcast because we prepared like this this podcast is for everyone else it's also for us too because we have things that we're thinking about and it's, it's just like I'm I'm changed by the things that you all share the perspectives that you all offer like it this is this is what I need too so this is healing this is therapy for me too so I'm glad that we're doing this together and I'm thankful for the way that you have been shaping it for us John so kudos to you too my brother yeah 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 yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes.
Oh, this is it. All right. Unrelated question to so there at one point you were not set up the way that you were, Amber. And so I've every time that I've watched, I've noticed that behind you is this mirror with these kind of rays. And it reminds me of the black Madonna. Uh oh. is was that intentional? Well, you know, this happened last time, but I'm totally fine with us. Yeah. Cause right. it, it literally it gives like the Black Madonna vibes, and I'm like, I love it. I saw it on the last episode, and I was like, Yo, is that intentional or like it's just there? I mean, it works, right? It works, That's and I'm happy that it works. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm thankful for this home that I have. This is a a, a part of the 2020 blessing, so yeah. that I'm able to put up my mirror again. So yeah, and then also. There, I don't know. Is I saw that. That? wild and free. That's yeah. it. That's the kind I of life it. I'm trying to live. Mm -hmm. I dig it. Wildness. Yes. Yo. So I know I already closed us out, but I'm gonna close this out again. Thank y'all, everybody who uh, watches, every view, every comment, every time people come to me personally and say, "Yo, I watched this episode." Everybody don't watch every episode, uh, but you know. You know, whatever episode people watch, they say, yo, I like it. But sometimes people just watch the Instagrams and then they go back and watch the episode. However you do it, um, just thank you for supporting. Thank you for showing love. We greatly appreciate every guest, every idea that people have DM me about um, a show. And just know we plan to continue this in 2021. And the more, the bigger we get, the more, you know, as you can see, I'm, you know, we doing the production, got the got the uh the audio and switching videos and got the live going so but the bigger we get the more we you know um the more we have at our disposal you know we'll be able to hire somebody to actually do the production part and we can focus on other parts but um just you know thank you again um my goal our goal well i know my goal i haven't shared it with the rest of them yet for 2021 is at some point to get to a point where we can do this um every week you know we could put out an episode every week i would love to do that you know um but that that would depend on a lot of things but for right now we'll just continue to do the best we can give y'all dope content give y'all great content um so thank every single one of y'all for that have supported street academy podcast since we started in may we actually started in the middle of all of the uprisings that was going on so it was out of those uprisings that street academy podcast was born so thank y'all so much. Uh, as long as y'all rocking with us, we rocking with y'all, and we're gonna keep we're gonna keep doing this thing. So yes, our hearts and minds clear. Hey, clear. Let's go. Appreciate y'all. This is the Academy Podcast 2020. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. glad to say by the 2020. Listen, Lord, my 2020. I, I don't even I don't even be He's on that kind of tip, but like this year, yes, I'm on it. Bye. Like we got to we Gone you got on. to go. No, no, you got to go. We'll see y'all in 2021. 2021. Yes, yeah. I mean I'm so happy. I'm thankful. Yes, yes I'm We out. Love it. Peace <laughs> up. All right. That you know got their feet upon the neck of the haters. The game and the devil like came in.